0: This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sallerson.
1: What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson filling in for Sean Kelly as Sean and JD are wrapping things up. From West Virginia at the Greenbrier today, and then the team will head to Houston, Texas, where they'll have joint practices with the Texans on Thursday and Friday before preseason game number two on Saturday. We'll hear from Sean and JD later on in the show, but I hope this Wednesday finds you well. we got a lot to cover here on this Wednesday. Both Saints and Pelicans. We'll hear from Kasim Edibale, the rising star of training camp, two sacks In the preseason game number one against the Patriots, showing a lot of promise there at defensive end. Sean will speak to him.
2: I always used to think that just being like a physically superior football player, that's all that matters. you got to be fast and strong. But this offseason, I really focused on studying the book, studying the game. I watched a lot of film. I talked to a lot of different guys, their perspective on how to approach the game.
1: And we'll talk some Pelicans on this Wednesday as well. It is a Wesley Wednesday. We're not bringing it back for every Wednesday right now because there's still some time before Pelican season, but we thought we'd get David's thoughts on the offseason in general since we haven't heard from him since the draft.
3: I think this has been a solid summer. You know, a lot of fans think that, oh, we should have did this and we should have, you know, money Cat space, availability, where free agents want to go, plays a big part. So you have to find, you know, those diamonds in the rough, those guys that fit your system. And I think the guys that were signed, I think they all fit the system.
1: And, of course, yesterday the Pelicans announced a preseason game in Bossier City, Louisiana. Pelicans will take on the Mavericks on October 1st. The preseason schedule should be out in the next couple of days. Of course, we know the Pelicans will play in China October 9th and October 12th against the Rockets. And then we know about the game that was released yesterday. So hopefully the full schedule will come out in the next couple of days for you. And then you'll have the whole schedule for the Pelicans and plan out the next seven months or so. I know we're certainly doing that here at the facility. Um, Some important uh, information I want to share with you on this Wednesday, talking about the Saints and the Pelicans pledging flood relief support they announced yesterday they're going to provide necessary and immediate relief efforts for victims of the devastating and ongoing floods in Louisiana the Saints and Pelicans are working together with American Red Cross the United Way and Second Harvest Food Bank of New Orleans and Southeast Louisiana in assisting each respective charity with the relief and rebuilding efforts as they specifically relate to rescue efforts the adequate sheltering of flood victims food and water collection distribution and also long-term assistance so we need your help Pelicans fans, Saints fans, any fans there that are listening to this podcast. Beginning today um, at the facility, you can bring uh, non perishable food items, other food related items, also toiletries, infant supplies, everyday items. August 17th through 25th, that's starting today during regular business hours at the Saints and Pelicans practice facility, or not the fa- practice facility, but in the lobby museum, 5800 Airline Drive and Metairie. And then also, will be a chance for you all to bring items when you come to watch uh, Saints training camp practices August 22nd and 24th. So those wishing to help are encouraged to drop off the items at the Saints facility during normal business hours. And again, August 17th through 25th, you can drop off supplies uh, to help those in need and are still recovering from the devastating floods in Louisiana. Also members of the Saints and Pelicans will be on hand at the United Way's Southeast Louisiana offices from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. today sorting through donated items That will be distributed to flood victims. And also tomorrow. They'll be uh, at the Second Harvest Food Bank's community kitchen. Preparing packaged meals for those affected by the flooding. So for more information. You can log on to NewOrleansSaints.com. And Pelicans.com as well. So please, please, please. I know there are so many people in need right now. Anything helps. Whether it's a donation. Or it's anything in your house. Food items, toiletries. You name it. Um, A lot of people are still trying to pick up the pieces that were left from this flooding and hope you all can uh help out a little bit and come by the facility during normal business hours and donate whatever you can i really appreciate it so there you have it today's show kasim etabali david wesley and then we'll hear from sean and jd they'll wrap things up from west virginia today in our last segment all right we'll start off with some saints coverage coming up next sean kelly speaks with kasim etabali stay with us this is the black and blue report
0: The Pelicans schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the contender and weekend plans, are your tickets to see NBA all-star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, and more. Take in a couple of Pelicans games a month throughout the season for as low as $17 per game. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your
1: seats today. Gatorade. For athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly.
5: Ever since last week's uh, preseason game in New England, I've been wanting to talk to Casima to Bali. Number one, he had a nice, nice game, a couple of sacks, but Shoot, that was kind of a homecoming for you, wasn't it? It had to be special to play up in the Boston area again after spending your college career there.
2: It definitely was. You know, I spent uh, seven years in New England, you know, two years in New Hampshire, which is pretty, pretty much the same, and then yep. five years at Boston College. So it was great coming back because, uh, you know, I came over from Germany when I was 18, and all I knew was that people in New England love the Pats. So I even had, like, a bigger chip on my shoulders coming back, and, you know, I wanted to get after those boys. So you were inspired a little bit, were you? Definitely. I had, I had a lot of friends in the stands, you know, and they were all rooting against me. So it was even, it was even more fun being out there and just, uh, you know, get after The way you played on the field, um, were you pleased with it? I mean, you always want to be better. You know, there's certain, certain things, uh, certainly a lot of things I have to improve on, but it's just one step at a time, one day at a time, and I'm just trying to be the best I can be. You see my you know this would be
5: your third season, am I correct? Right. all right, but there's something about this that seems different. There's a noticeable jump here between year two and year three for you. I have to ask you what what in the heck did you do during the off season or since last season that's maybe allowed you to take this step that we're all noticing
2: uh, I think it's just the little things you know, like I always used to think that just being like, a phys- physically superior football player, that's all that matters. you got to be fast and strong. But this off season, I really focused on studying the book, studying the game. I watched a lot of film. I talked to a lot of different guys, their perspective on how to approach the game. I talked to Teron Armstead a lot, you know, just like, yo, what makes you uncomfortable? And then he kept giving me advice. And, you know, now I'm out here and trying to put it in the game, trying to put it on the field, and just trying to be great. What did he tell you? You know, just like – what you got to do as a defensive end, you know, don't be one dimensional, you know, make sure you know how to fit the run. You know, like if you have a, if you're lacking something, make sure you know how to compensate for it. You know, use speed, use angle. So it's just like a lot of little things I'm trying to really work
5: on. You know, he's a Pro Bowl guy. I'm sure he didn't tell you everything. What is he, What has he kept in his back pocket that
2: he won't tell you yet? Uh, that's what he shows me when we rush up against each other, you know. And then I was like, hey, you he didn't tell me that. I was like, hey, I kept that to myself. But, no, but really we are out here just trying to make each other better. And it feels good having him back on the field right now. And it's just it's just really it's a big challenge. And I think I'm getting a lot better just going against him every day.
5: Kasim Adabali with us here. Hey, You may be the starter at that, what they call now, this open end um I think you've only had one NFL start. What would it mean to you here in year three to, to be announced as a starter? Does it, does it mean something?
2: You know, Personally, uh, you know, it means a lot because you work hard and you have goals growing up, you have goals coming to the league that you want to be a starter. But quite honestly, the only thing I'm focused on is making this team better and helping this team to win. So if I have to be a sub guy, I'm going to be the best sub guy there that, 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 that is out. If I want to be a special teams guy, I'll do that to the best of my ability. So no matter what they say, once my number's called, I'm going to go all out. All right,
5: so if you if you had a chip on your shoulder about playing in New England, just to kind of you know show the boys that you grew up around a little bit, uh, do you have something special planned for Houston? Will we have a new theme each week that you can that you can fuel off of.
2: Like, I mean, every day I walk out on the practice field and my mindset is today I'm gonna have the best practice I ever had in my life. So that's really the mindset I have every every day of practice, every game I play. Like, I think today is gonna be the best football I've ever played. So that's gonna be the mindset again.
5: What if you don't though? what if you you say that and you go out and it's maybe not the best day of practice? Have you been able to learn how to deal with that
2: yet? I mean, I think now by year three or even through college, we're all competitors, so there's only one thing you do when, when when you don't live up to your own expectations. you go in the film room, you look what were you're lacking at, and then you correct those things and that's really the grind you know that separates a lot of players, like even Tehran, who's t- t- like to me is the best tag in the league, and yeah. sometimes you know maybe it's a a uh, back bad step or something i know he's going to get in the film room analyzes himself and comes out and it's the best kick step you ever seen so i got the same mindset i just every day i try to correct my mistakes and be the best i can be
5: out of those mistakes which ones do the coaches in the film room really pick on you do they have a favorite that they like to ring you up on a little bit
2: not really you know it's just like it's the little things you know alignment assignment execution so you know it, you maybe one inch outside of where you're supposed to be. You know, the coaches, is D.A. He's very precise. He makes sure uh, everything is 100% right.
5: Um, let me ask you about David Onyemata, just simply because I know you played in Germany, but you you came from a country where football was not as prominent as it, as it is here, and here's this young man who's still, I mean, in the baby, baby steps of learning football. Have you been able to identify with him in any way, And and has he, you know – has he sought out your, your counsel?
2: Most definitely. You know, he's very raw player, but he's so strong, and he has so many tools that can help him be a great football player. You know, sometimes like, I can really relate. You know, like, I mean, I've I've lived in the U.S. for seven years before, before I got in the league, but I can tell sometimes, you know, he has to double check. So, I, you know, I'll try to make sure and tell him a couple of things if you don't get him, but, you know, he's, he's going to be a great player.
5: You're an international man, so the Olympics are going on right now. You've lived in the U.S. now. I wouldn't say almost as long as you grew up in Germany, but we're we're inching closer and closer to that. So, are are you are you Team Germany all the way? Or are you are you a dual citizen even in the Olympics?
2: I feel like I'm a dual citizen. Every time I see the German flag, I get excited. But you know, I got to root for USA all day. You know, so my dad is is, is American, so obviously, you know, I'm always. I'm, every, all the, all my German friends tell me, like, you couldn't be more Americanized by now, oh. so, you know. <laughs> Does it make you mad when they do that? Do they tease you about that? No, not really, but sometimes I talk German, and then, you know, they can tell, like, I talk very American. You know, I, I, just the way you pronounce things, you're not supposed to pronounce it like that in German. It's like, man, you pretty much speak English all the time when you speak German, so <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is what it
5: is, right? Yeah, that's right. Good luck this week in Houston, and uh, thanks again for the visit. Appreciate you. Yep. Kasima with us here on the Black and Blue Report, back in a moment.
6: Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today.
7: When it's blazing this summer, don't sweat it. Hydrate naturally with Smoothie King's new Summer Hydration Smoothies. Four refreshing flavors specifically blended to help you beat the heat and stay in the game. Made with coconut water, fresh frozen fruits, and vitamin C, they hydrate better than water and have less sodium and more potassium than leading sports drinks. Try all four hydration smoothie flavors. Watermelon, passion fruit peach, strawberry mango, and watermelon extreme. Only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose.
0: Guess what day it is. Pump day? Well, yeah. And it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Well, it's been a long time since we've had a Wesley Wednesday, so uh, we figure we give him a call. Joining us now is David Wesley, television analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans. David, I'm a little disappointed because I turned on the TV, watched the Olympics and golf the other day, and I did not see you there. I thought you would qualify for those. Um, Did you just miss the cut?
3: Uh, Diesel, um, I've I've been getting the, the wrong end of the stick when it comes to getting in some some big top golf tournaments, and uh, I think it has a whole lot to do with my game. Not quite there yet.
1: Okay, well, maybe maybe Tokyo in twenty twenty.
3: Maybe, maybe I, I, that's that's a good goal for me, and and we're gonna see if we can get that done.
1: All right, looking <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to it. David um we haven't really talked to you since the NBA draft so I kind of wanted to pick your brain about how you thought the Pelicans offseason went and we'll start with those draft picks with the Pelicans selecting Buddy Heald in the first round from Oklahoma and Sheck Diallo in the second round Dell Demps trading up for him um in out of Kansas what were your thoughts on the two picks for uh Dell Demps on draft night
3: Well I don't know that much about Sheck, but but Buddy Hield you know obviously you know he got a little national coverage in college and and you got a chance to see him on TV and see, you know, what what he's about. I like the fact that he's a four-year guy, uh, some guy, a, a player that can come in and ready to help. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie, has a lot to learn. But uh, he, he'll be more developed, more mature than, than most of the guys coming out uh, these days when they're coming out after their first or second year. Uh, proven score, can shoot it, um, can defend. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that pick. Again, Shaq, I don't, I don't know much about him, uh, but I'm looking forward to, I mean, the Pelicans traded up to get him, so obviously they see something in him that, that can help this team, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited and ready to get started.
1: No doubt about that. Do you feel like there might be a little bit of pressure on Buddy? This is basically the Pelicans' first draft pick in a few years here, and so high up. Do you think Buddy Heald's going to feel any pressure, or should there be any pressure on him, or is that something that Anthony Davis will kind of help him with along the way?
3: Well, naturally, as a player, you do feel that pressure. You're you're a uh, first-round draft pick. You're a high draft pick, um, and a lot of times, as a player, you put that on your shoulders as as something that uh, you know you feel like you have to come in and help. I'm sure he's read uh, newspapers and heard, you know, talk shows and, and and all that kind of stuff, to where he may feel that pressure. But it's up to guys like Anthony Davis. Uh, You know, Coach Gentry to kind of let him know you're not here to save the day. You're here to to come in, try to play as consistent as you can as a rookie, uh, and contribute where you can defensively. It's easier to get in there and kind of, you know, learn quickly and, and, and make your impact that way. Um, but with his upstyle offense, it's going to allow him to score as well. Uh, he's just got to be patient not pressure himself too much and just come out and play. I, I think he can help. I don't think the Pelican fans need to look like, here's our savior. He, he's that final piece or anything. He's just going to be a good part of this team where he can come out, do his job, uh, you know, give guys some minutes uh, where they can sit on the bench, and, and hopefully he can go out there with that calm where you can trust him out there for extended minutes and, and, and help the basketball team.
1: No doubt about that. Um, let's talk about some of the free agent signings. Um, a lot of people would say not as flashy for the Pelicans this, this offseason, but I feel like they filled the needs of a lot of things. Each uh, one more, Solomon Hill, Langston Galloway, Terrence Jones, you re-signed Tim Frazier. Um, what were your thoughts on all the free agent signings?
3: I, I thought it was solid. Uh, you know, um, Terrence Jones, I, I think, again, you know, with, with you know, the Pelicans wanting to play up-tempo, play small ball, uh, sometimes he fills that void where he can wrestle around with some centers, so Anthony Davis doesn't have to um, and play smaller, longer um, with it, with a chance to also defend and get rebounds. He can shoot the three. Um, you know, I, I think this has been a, a, a solid summer. You know, a lot of fans think that oh, we should have did this, or we should have, you know, money cap space. Uh, availability, where free agents want to go plays a big part. So you have to find, you know, those diamonds in the rough, those guys that, that, that fit your system. And I think, uh, you know, over the, the guys that were signed, I think they all fit the system. I love Tim, uh, Tim Frazier coming back. Um, I like the way he played towards the end of the season. He's coming back with a little more experience. You know, a little more know-how, what the team wants from him. Uh, and, and I think he really did a solid job. So I think the Pelicans are ready. I, you know, I, you know, certainly we'll see. You know, they, they have to stay healthy. And that's going to be the big part of it. Can they stay healthy?
1: Yes, health will be a big factor heading into training camp. Uh, you mentioned Frazier. I feel like some of the agent signs, you had to eat one more. Langston Galloway, I feel like the guard depth got much better. You have Drew Holley, I know Tyreek's injured. We have more Galloway, Frazier. Um, I think I'm missing someone here off the top of my head, but I feel like the Pelicans' bench got a little deeper with some of these signings, don't you think?
3: I I, I do. And again, uh, with this up up tempo style of basketball, a lot of guys can get involved. It's just about taking care of the basketball, making good decisions in break situations, and, and knowing how to run run an offense. Tim has proven that Galloway is going to help in that uh, category as well. You know, I, I think. Um, you know, they're putting the pieces in place to to give themselves a chance. Now it's about doing what you know, what's needed to do on the court, getting stops so that they can get out and run, get some easy baskets.
1: I feel like with Anthony Davis, there's a lot of teams now that are going a lot smaller um, as far as not relying so much on a big man to kind of overpower you at the five. Do you think the way teams are going small in the style of offense has changed around the league will we see more anthony davis play at the five given that he won't have to worry about big guys banging on him a lot more than he did in his first few years in the league
3: i think it gives him more of a chance uh there's still a few of those bigs out there um that that need special attention um you don't want to put him down there you know on a on a a cousins um but I agree with you. There's a lot of teams that that go small, play smaller, longer, and it's just a it's just a matter of who plays small ball the best. Can you still rebound when you're playing small ball? Can you can you still get stops playing small ball? You don't have that protector at the rim, but Anthony Davis, he can still protect, and you can play small ball. So, um, you know, hopefully, he, he's got all his. Uh, Injuries out of the way, he comes back healthy, and he hits the ground running and and playing tough.
1: Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Uh, Hopefully everyone is back healthy, ready to go, come to training camp. Uh, Talking to David Wesley, television analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans for the Pelicans. Uh, The schedule just came out last week, David, and I know everyone's excited to finally see uh, when the Pelicans play, where the Pelicans play, who they play, uh, things like that. We'll start with the beginning of this schedule. And last year, obviously, the Pelicans got off to a 1-11 start. Not ideal. And, of course, the league, uh, first three games of the year, Denver at home, but then the Golden State at home, and San Antonio on the road and back-to-back nights. Um, I know this might be a cliche question. You might have a cliche answer. But how important is it for the Pelicans to get off to a much better start this year than they did last year?
3: Well, you know, I think starts are, are I think starts are important it uh, gets you – Feeling good, it gets you thinking in the right mindset. You lose a couple of games. Sometimes you can start questioning a number of things. Uh, Winning kind of solves that. Um, Like you talked about, first seven games, you got Golden State twice. And San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes it tough to get off to a a really good start. In the first ten games, you also have two games with Milwaukee, who – I like their young talent. I like I, you know, I like the way the coaches has got them guys playing especially uh, last year. So it's going to be um you know, they're going to have to come out and, and they're going to be tested early to get off to a good start. Um you know, my my first look was do we have a night off in in uh in Utah? So we go to Park City, but <laughs> both our road games in Utah are on back to back. So so that's out. But you know what? For the for the for the whole schedule, there's not a long, there's not a bunch of long road trips. There's a five-game road trip. Uh, I think it's in January. Um, but you also have a six-game home stand in January. So it kind of balances out. Um, you have another five home game stand in December. So there's a lot of chances to be at home, take care of home court. With the long stretches, you just have to take advantage of it. And then you have a four-game road trip, and I look at this for playoff-type stuff. You have a four-game road trip to end the season, uh, which can be a little tough. Guys tired, you know, a little fatigue there, and, and, you know, will it be a game in, a game out? Games you got to win down the stretch. Uh, That could be a, a tough stretch for the Pelicans.
1: Let's focus in on the Southwest Division before I let you go. It feels like the Spurs are probably the clear-cut favorites, again, to win the Southwest Division, winning 60-plus games. No Tim Duncan, but added Paul Gasol this offseason. Um, but after that, in just my opinion, I feel like the division is wide open. I mean, I know there's no prize for second or third in the division, but in the last two years, this division has gotten five teams in the playoffs, and last year it was four. I feel like this year for the Pelicans, how important is it to get those divisional wins? They got swept by the Grizzlies last year. They had, they struggled with a lot of these teams. I feel like divisional games might be the most important thing for the Pelicans this season. Don't you agree?
3: Very important. Always, you know, taking care of home, taking care of your division uh, in that order, taking care of your conference. Um, I, I think those are all important. Um, and like you said, you know, other than San Antonio always having that ability, ability to replenish when guys retire, when guys leave, trades have always been pretty solid for them. Pal Gasol is going to help them a whole lot with Tim Duncan retiring. So, um, But after that, you don't know what Memphis is, is really going to do. Uh, they keep getting older um, and trying to play faster, but at the end of the day they end up getting injured and, and, and playing a little bit slower. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be uh, – you know, funny to see, Dallas is still going to be, you know, in the mix. Um, and you have to worry about them. Not sure about Houston, uh, and what they bring, but, you know, as long as they have the beard, you know, he's going to give them a chance each and every night to, to put up some points and score and, and win games. So the division is going to be tough as always. Um, I don't think it's going to be any, um, you know, any easy games in the division. So you really have to make sure that, Come ready to play and, and win
1: those games all right one more question before i let you go between golden state and cleveland which game do you think or which game do you circle most on the calendar as far as home games is it golden state now with kevin durant and trying to beat a team that won 73 games last year or is it the defending champs with lebron james and the Cavs? which one do you think maybe pelicans fans look forward to more which one the players look forward to more and how about which one you look forward to more as far as which home game will be more special for you
3: I, I think the the players, um, it won't matter. Um, you know, both games will probably be on TV uh, on national TV. Uh, I haven't looked at the national TV games yet. Um, the fans depends on who you're a fan of, or you're a LeBron fan or Cleveland fan. Are you a Golden State? Uh, or you know maybe you're an Oklahoma City fan who loves Durant? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I want to see what the new team looks like. They had to do a lot of shuffling to get a a Durant. So a lot of their grimy bench, and their bench got as much credit for their success as as any team has. Their bench was was special. And, you know, like Dallas did several years ago, I think it was 2011, after they won it, they got rid of all their grimy guys is what I call it.
7: Yeah.
0: And
3: they didn't have the same success. So – you get rid of those guys. You certainly had a great talent, but how does that great talent play together? Uh, who gets shots? When? What? You know, get rid of Bogut. Great passing, big defender. How do you replace him? So I'm more curious to see what Golden State has because I think Cleveland's going to be Cleveland. They were. They're going to be the team to beat. They know how to win. Uh, they got a taste of winning, and every time. You hear a guy or a team win a championship, they always talk about, man, that felt good. I want another. So they're the team to beat.
1: I know I said last question, but I just thought of one more that I want to ask you about with the Golden State Warriors being, uh, you know, kind of like the big three. But now they have, I guess, a big four. I would say with Curry, Thompson, Green, and Durant. When LeBron joined the Miami Heat, it seemed like it took them 20, 30 games to get going. They started off, I believe, nine and eight, nine and nine, and everyone started the panic. Do you think that the Pelicans have a little bit of an advantage playing them so early in the season where they might not be as comfortable with each other as they may be later on in the season? Do you think that bodes a little bit of an advantage for New Orleans?
3: I think that's a, a really good thought. Uh, the, the thing is, in that starting lineup, they have so much firepower that on any given night, and, and I thought this was the same way with Cleveland, if you catch them on the wrong night, regardless of how they're playing, it can be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if, if uh, Durant's hitting shots, Curry's hitting shots, you know, Clay's making plays, and, and Draymond Green, mm-hmm. if he's making plays, they could be a – because you don't know who to guard. You know, sometimes you have that non-shooter on the floor or that guy you can kind of play off because he's not playing well. You have to almost stay home on all these guys that, because they're great shooters. It's going to make it tough when to help, when not to help, how far to help. Um, so, yes, I agree with the fact that they may not be playing well, and that gives you a better chance early in the season. But also, like the Miami Heat, nights like where they were on, I don't care how, they were, how they've been playing, that's a lot of talent out there to, to find a way to stop, and, and that could be the issue uh, playing them early as well.
1: Good stuff here from David Wesley, television analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans and the New Orleans Pelicans. David, we're, we're almost there. Training camp uh, a little more than a month away, but uh, we're looking forward to talking some more Pelicans with you throughout the season and uh, go get, some, get the golf game ready for Tokyo in 2020.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm going out there to get ready today, uh, get some good swings in, and I'm looking forward to the season. It's time to get started. I'm ready for basketball.
1: All right, that's David Wesley again from Fox Sports New Orleans. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll check in with Sean and J.D., their last day in West Virginia for training camp. Stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
4: We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy, the energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints.
7: When it's blazing this summer, don't sweat it. Hydrate naturally with Smoothie King's new summer hydration smoothies. Four refreshing flavors specifically blended to help you beat the heat and stay in the game. Made with coconut water, fresh frozen fruits, and vitamin C, they hydrate better than water and have less sodium and more potassium than leading sports drinks. Try all four hydration smoothie flavors. Watermelon, passion fruit peach, strawberry mango, and watermelon extreme. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies
1: with a purpose. Gatorade for athletes who move the game forward. We're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
0: Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams.
1: All right, time to wrap things up here from Studio B. Um, You're listening to this podcast. Practice has wrapped up in West Virginia and uh, the Saints will wrap up as well from the Greenbrier today. As I mentioned in segment one, they'll head to Houston, Texas today. Joint practices with the Texans tomorrow and Friday and then preseason game number two at NRG Stadium on Saturday against the Texans 7 p.m. Central is kickoff. Sean Kelly, John DeShazer will be part of the broadcast alongside Joel Myers and John Stinchcomb. And speaking of Sean and J.D., let's check in with them in West Virginia as they wrap up training camp, guys.
5: All right, Daniel, thank you very much. John DeShazer with uh, me here on the practice field at the Greenbrier in West Virginia where the Saints basically say to get goodbye today with a final practice and then the trucks will pull out and it's on to Houston <laughs> to borrow somebody else's uh, cliche. This is the end of the uh, this rotation or this this portion of
6: camp, J.D.? Yeah, they seem to have gotten done what they wanted to get done here. They wanted more competitive practices. They wanted it to be a little bit more physical, a little bit more grueling. I thought we saw that with the padded practices and a little bit more contact. Uh, So I believe that uh, Coach Sean Payton and the Saints believe that they got what they needed to out of this this portion of camp. Uh, Helmets, shells, shorts today. Um, But yet still, um, this wasn't some walkthrough yeah it was still pretty much full speed uh, not three quarters. they were going after it pretty good, and again, you know they wanted to get in a fairly heavy practice before they go to Houston. I don't think they wanted to have a, a walkthrough, so to speak. They wanted to get into something competitive. How competitive it will be against the Texans tomorrow, I don't know, but certainly you know in shells and helmets, it was about as as as, as physical and fast speed as you can have.
5: What else uh, did you
6: learn today, whether it be an individual or a particular side of the ball, did something jump out at you? Well, again, you know, we saw some goal line play. Um, you know, again, non padded, but we saw the defense again make some plays against the offense, and that's always encouraging to see, especially the first team defense. I think against New England, you look at the final score, and you, you know, you say, okay, you forget the, thur- the turnovers and the penalties that aided New England greatly. The first team, op- first team defense, excuse me. Played pretty well against the Patriots, so you know you have to factor that in because that's hopefully the defense you're going to see on the on the field, the majority of snaps. So you see that. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some transition along the defensive line, especially at defensive tackle with Sheldon Rankins out. So you know we're mindful of that and we're taking taking care to monitor and watch exactly who's going in that rotation, who might be playing, who might not be playing, and uh, obviously the secondary we can continue to watch that. Got to see where Cortland Finnegan. Works in as a nickel back or slot uh, cornerback as opposed to being a starter because P.J. Williams has got now the guy who's starting because Keenan Lewis is out and Damian Swann are out so you know some transition but you know we're anxious to see exactly where those guys fit. You mentioned Rankin's obviously not practicing today. Anybody else notable that didn't go full today? Well, Tyler Davidson again at defensive tackle he doesn't go so again that's why we're talking about defensive tackle and maybe Ashad Mabry and David Onyemata and maybe Bobby Richardson those guys have to get a look at defensive tackle because now all of a sudden a position of strength for the Saints goes to a little bit of thinness right now if you have basically two guys who are going to be in your top four rotation. And let's not forget, John Jenkins is not working either. So now you're talking about three of the top four defensive tackles that the Saints are looking at are not on the field right now. So these young guys who are getting those opportunities have to take advantage of them.
5: Zach Strieff uh, spoke to the media after practice today and really was upbeat about working with
6: Andrews Pete next to him at right guard uh, in this particular workout today. Yeah, he looks like he and he and and Andrews might have had one of those aha moments where they kind of figured it out. Now, you know, again, he mentioned and, it, and rightly so. You know, does it carry over to tomorrow? Does it carry over to the game? That remains to be seen. But you see, he saw the growth. He said, yeah, basically, between yesterday's practice and today, it was a night and day situation where they're kind of figuring out the nonverbal body language that offensive linemen have to have. He was working with Jari Evans for the majority of 10 years on that right side, so they had a nonverbal communication, which is what develops over that time. Uh, He and Andrews are working on similar chemistry, and he says they felt like they took a big step in that direction today. Give me a thought, top of mind, what you think going into these joint practices now with the Texans? Well, again, it's always good to go against another team, so you'd like to see how competitive the Saints are going to be because you know you're going to raise your level of play and your level of intensity when you're going against another team. Uh, defensively, the Texans a top five defense. Now, J.J. Watt won't be on the field. Maybe Jadavion Clowney will be on the field. Not exactly sure how the Texans are going to handle things defensively, but the Saints offense is obviously going to want to look pretty good. But it's also, you know, you want to see how the first team defense and all these defensive players look against the Texans defensively. Uh, Coach Payton specifically pointed out uh, the growth and development and competitiveness of some of these guys in the defensive secondary. Uh, he likes that group. Uh, and These guys, are, some of them are undrafted, so you'd like to see how they're going to react again going against a different caliber of receivers against the Texans. No doubt. Um, the team
5: will pack it up later on today and uh, fly off to Houston, arriving later this evening. Practice is going to be first thing in the morning tomorrow. That's where John and I will find you next. So, From West Virginia, we say good afternoon and goodbye, by the way. Our next stop is a little closer to home. Not home yet, but we're getting there. Daniel, back to you in Studio B.
1: All right, and you'll hear from both of them uh, throughout the rest of the week here on Black & Blue Report. Sean and JD will have updates and interviews from training camp tomorrow and Friday. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Big thanks to Sean, JD, Kasim Edibale, and David Wesley for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. And, again, make sure you come to the Saints and Pelicans facility. Donate some items. Anything will help uh, for these flood victims that have been... uh, That have uh, lost everything or lost a lot of the things due to the flooding so please 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 if you can um you can either text also donation to the Red cross uh plenty of information on neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com but if you can any little bit will help uh for those suffering today all right sean will be back in the chair tomorrow thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your wednesday
0: thanks for listening to this edition of the black and blue report presented by abc insurance agencies a better choice for insurance if all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleanssaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.